0: Episode 10, Fox, the Mannequin Horse. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to an August 30th, 2006 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. Each quarter, curators select six artifacts for the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. This podcast takes a closer look at these artifacts and finds out the story behind the story. In the following interview, Blair Tarr, curator at the Kansas Museum of History, explains why someone would construct a full sized horse out of paper mache. And if that horse was involved in the 1893 Cherokee Land Rush. You see, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name. cause there ain't no one fault to give you no pain. I'm talking to Blair Tarr, a curator at the Kansas Museum of History. Blair, I'm going to ask you some questions about Fox, uh, the horse mannequin that's in our collection. Um, First question, why would someone own a large, slightly happy-go-lucky looking horse mannequin?
1: Wait a minute, I thought Jerry Springer was going to do these interviews. No, actually, uh, these were actually fairly common at one time uh, before the era of the automobile when the horse was far more commonly used for transportation. Uh, You would have hardware stores in town or livery stables that would make harness and tack and saddles, and these would be used in part to display the harness and tack. Or sometimes it was also used uh, by the maker to try it out as they were making it, to Mm -hmm. fit it onto the horse instead of having to use a real horse uh, to uh, make make the harness and tack fit. And so that's why these are ones fairly common, but since they're made of paper mache, they are they didn't hold up very well, so there's not many of them left.
0: Um, there's a name painted on the horse's hindquarter. Why would someone name a plaster horse Fox and not uh, like dog or giraffe?
1: It's because wildebeest and ocelot were already taken. <laughs> Uh, Fox was the family name, actually, of the harness store in Anthony, Kansas, which I believe is in Sumner County. Uh, Fox's start they started their store in the late 1880s or early 1890s, and Fox is supposed to date from around 1900. The business stayed on until 1947 when Ed Fox retired, and even after that point, he kept a workshop at his home where fox as we call him now actually they didn't i don't think they ever called him fox but museum staff has given him that name he'd be there in the workshop with ed and i understand that the neighborhood children as they did in the store themselves or the store itself uh would come and want to sit on horse sit on the horse
0: okay it's rumored that uh, fox was part of the cherokee land rush Uh, What was the Cherokee land rush, and how was this horse involved?
1: The Cherokee land rush was the opening up of territory territory to white settlers in what is now Oklahoma. And Anthony is reasonably close to the Oklahoma border. Uh, It could have been one of the places that people would gather before going in uh, to that now whether or not Fox actually has anything to do with the land rush. That's another thing. You know, we we don't think anybody was sitting on him with two guys on either side that carried him across the line. <laughs> well, they uh, should have. Yeah. Uh, the land rush bit comes in that uh, the Fox family had a saddle, which was used by somebody who did participate in the land rush. Mm-hmm. And while it was in the store and at the uh, Ed's workshop, uh, the saddle would be on Fox. So we also have the saddle in the collection, but Fox himself really doesn't have anything to do with the Cherokee land rush.
0: Okay. Uh, how did Fox find his way to the collection of the Kansas Museum of History? Uh,
1: I think it's because Ed Fox, when he died in the 60s or very early 70s, uh, the family was trying to figure out what, where the horse could go. And so he came up here. That was probably convenient. The fellow who was... Uh, director of the kansas state historical society at the time now miller was a native of anthony so he still had ties down in that area Uh, as we understand fox was packed up in a horse trailer they had to remove his ears and the tail just for safety but Mm he apparently came up the turnpike in a horse trailer uh, to topeka where he was on display for a number of years in the old memorial building uh, my
0: final question, Blair, it's a little bit morbid, but I think it should be asked. Um, if if Fox were made of horsehair plaster, would you consider him a cannibal?
1: See, this is why we wanted Springer for this interview. He would ask more tasteful questions than this. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, him a cannibal because he was made out of horsehair plaster? No. Why would he be a cannibal? He'd... He wouldn't be eating himself in that sense. He'd be made out of horse hair, which is what most horses are partially made out of anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: uh, is that really a stupid question or not? <laughs> no,
0: yes, it's a good question, and uh, that's why you're the curator, because you, sure. you know this stuff. All right, Blair. Well, um, thanks for answering some questions about Fox, the horse You're yeah, quite
1: welcome, even if you're not Jerry Springer.
0: That concludes Episode 10, Fox the Mannequin Horse. Join us again in 2 weeks when museum director Bob Kekhisen asks me questions about a poster for Wakanda Springs, a natural spring in North Central Kansas believed to have healing qualities. This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. See through the desert